If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 110 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on August 29th, the final episode of the month of August 2021. Now, my friends, as always, Yapping Yankees is being brought to you by, obviously, myself and Ball9. Ball9 brings you some of the best, the absolute best baseball content out there. Any and all baseball stories, articles, roundtable discussions, even featured baseball podcasts like the very one you're listening to, Yapping Yankees, and much, much more. Visit the website. I promise you, you'll be glad that you did. You'll come back and say, Mike, thank God you told me to visit that website. And that's ball9.com. And follow them on all social medias too, at ball9. And know what you don't know. Also, guys, help to spread the word about Yapping Yankees. And at the same time, stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees. And you could do all of that. By following me on social media. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds97. And remember to also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on all the platforms it's available on. Show it love all over the place. Leave a like below if you're listening on YouTube. Leave a review if you're listening on any of the other three. But all the platforms are YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. I am home at last. And I am exhausted. (laughs) As I knew I would be. And I said... I did say that I would probably be dead tired today, like I always am the day after I get home from Italy, and I am. So, (laughs) because of that, and because of the fact that I'm also incredibly sad about not being there anymore with my family and friends, you're going to have to excuse me if the energy is toned down a bit today, my friends. I'm honestly just not as into it as I usually always am. And one more thing, I also said this last week that there might not be a social media segment today either, just like there wasn't last week because of me traveling and just getting home the day prior. And that is, in fact, the case for today, like I knew it would be when I said it would be last week. So I'm sorry, my good people, but there's going to be just one last week without a social media segment today. With spending the entire day yesterday traveling to come back home, I just didn't have the time. And I promise you, I promise, there will be one for next week. And that it'll all be back to normal once the craziness dies down a bit. I still wanted to give you a show today, as you know, just like I did last week, despite being away. 
which got great feedback, by the way, which I thank you all for so, so much, but it's just bad timing all around. <laughs> it really is. I only just got home yesterday, and it usually takes me weeks to get past the sadness of leaving there and adjust with the time change. I know, small violin. But when you have so many great family members and friends, as I do there, and you've been there ten freaking times, which I know I'm fortunate for, then it hits hard, guys, when you come home. It really does. So I got that and this jet lag that's hitting me like a bus, like always, and it's just not a great situation at the moment. (laughs) I did get nearly 13 hours of sleep last night, though, which I desperately needed, but there's definitely much more sleep yet to come, but in any event, (laughs) it was a terrific trip to Italy, as it always is. Shorter than usual because of circumstances in the world, of course. I didn't even know we were going until the last minute, of course, as you might recall. We usually go for like three weeks, and this time it was just a tad under two weeks, but it was still an amazing time. A big piece of my heart will always be in Italy. Always. Especially with my uncle, who I just want to say some words about and do a little tribute to him. Some of you may have seen on social media already, but Friday the 27th, we lost my uncle, who's lived in Italy his whole life and was always a massive figure in the town that we stay in, where he and my grandfather were born and raised. He was my grandfather's brother, so he was my great uncle. So obviously, some of you may be saying, and have already said, Wow, Mike, that's a very sad end to your vacation. And some of you may even be wondering how it was still such a great vacation. Well, here's the thing. While it's, of course, very painful to lose him and say goodbye, like it is with just about any loved one who means a lot to you, he lived a long, successful 94 years. He would have been 95 in December. His birthday was December 8th. And there are lots of great memories for everyone in all that time he was on this planet, including for me. But just to quickly let you in on what happened, about a day or two before we went, he apparently had a heart attack and fell in his home. And when he fell, he hit his head and hurt it really badly. And there was lots of blood and the whole nine yards. I don't want to get into much gory detail. But fortunately, my cousins were there in the house and took him to the hospital, where he stayed for a few days, until we had already arrived there and had been there for a few days. And they gave him tests, they stitched up the back of his head and everything. And after a great deal of complaining about wanting to go back home, (laughs) he was taken home. We all got to see him, and he got to see us, where he wasted no time telling each and every one of us how much he loved us, while also speaking of his parents, my great-grandparents, and my grandfather, his little brother, who passed away ten years ago. There was him, there's my aunt, my Zia Teresa, who's still alive at 90, God bless her, 
And then there was my grandfather. So my great uncle was the oldest one. My Zia Teresa is the middle child. And my grandfather was the baby. And amidst him telling all of us how much he loves us and vice versa, he kept saying, as everyone there always does, always reminding me, <laughs> how much I look like my grandfather. When he was younger, of course. <laughs> and I do. And how much he misses his brother. So, it was almost as if he came home, just for a week or so, for him to tell all of us how much he loved us, and again, vice versa. For him and us to get closure after so many years of being fortunate to know and love him. And it was almost as if, while being here with us and doing that, he was almost with them too already. With my grandfather and my great-grandparents. His or our loved ones who have already passed. Knowing that his time was limited. Then Thursday afternoon, he went to sleep, seemed to have fallen to a coma, where he would remain for the rest of the day until he passed away in the middle of the night around 3 a.m. Friday morning. And again, despite how sad it is to say goodbye to him, he lived a beautiful and a long life. And the way it was at the end for all of us, him coming home, all of us saying our goodbyes to each other and saying how much we love each other, and then for him to just go peacefully in his sleep, you, you couldn't write it better. You could not write it better. And thank God, thank God, amidst all the craziness in the world that we found our way back there this year. Thank God. So with that being said, Zio Pepino, as we called him, or Pepe, short for Giuseppe. Zio, ti voglio bene per sempre. Resta in pace e qualche giorno ci vediamo di nuovo. So, yeah. Tough. It's tough. But also, like I said, and this is the way that I choose to look at it more than anything... It was a beautiful ending. Probably the perfect way that everybody in a perfect world envisions being able to say goodbye to a loved one. And probably the perfect way that everybody envisions for their loved one to pass on peacefully in their sleep like that at an old age after a nice and long life. So I guess it depends on how you look at it, but that's how I look at it more so than anything. It was just a beautiful end that you couldn't write better. So yeah, a little bit of a sad ending, but it also depends on how you look at that too. But I choose to look at it as, like I said with my uncle personally, but also just as a whole with the whole trip. It was a beautiful ending to what was, again, yet another amazing trip to Italy since we spoke last Sunday. But like I said, guys, I'm home now and it's time to get back down to business despite feeling like I can pass out at any moment. <laughs> because we've got baseball to discuss. And the best part about it is that it's about the team who's still 
Not only during this remarkable winning streak for the ages that continued throughout this past week up until yesterday, and it definitely stopped because I came home from Italy, by the way, but (laughs) also throughout the entire second half in which they've gone 35-12 and now since the 4th of July has been the hottest team in all of baseball. And that team is our beloved New York Yankees, of course. And although we won't be having a social media segment today like last week, again, that'll return next week when things calm down and get less hectic for me. (laughs) It's still going to be an action-packed show with how much there is to talk about with our Yankees, how much good there is to talk about. Guys continuing to return like they were last time we spoke. This week, with guys like Clay Holmes and Gio Rochella. And more news coming out about guys like Severino, Corey Kluber, Glaber Torres, where they're all at. You got the winning streak, of course. One that made Yankee history. You've got individual guys like Stanton, especially. But also Voight, even Judge lately, being on murderous tears offensively. But also, unfortunately, some bad. With guys like Zach Britton and Miguel Andujar. There's just so much to talk about still. Because when isn't there? So, what do you say we get to talking about the continued unstoppable force known as our Yankees from this past week, huh? Recap. News. Yapping Yankees time machine back to last Sunday. Let's do it. All right, let's get going with news and recap. For starters, we know that last Sunday's game didn't happen against the Twins because of the hurricane, so, and thankfully that hurricane ended up being a dud, at least for most of the New York area, particularly where I live, so I'm very happy about that. But as we already established on last week's episode, last Sunday's game against the Twins, which was supposed to be the final of the four games set against them at Yankee Stadium, did not happen, so nothing happened last Sunday. Monday, some news before the game. The Yanks got Clay Holmes back as well from the COVID IL. That is great news because he has been very important to the bullpen in his short stint here so far as we know. But it did come with a bit of a price because Zach Britton, again, went back on the injured list with an elbow sprain as his injury-ridden season continues. I've been saying on social media forever now, as many of you know, that he just hasn't been himself at all. The sinker velocity is down as well as its movement. The location is terrible. The breaking ball is awful. So it's looked like all this time that he was just off and that something very well could have still been wrong with him. And now he goes back to the injured list, yet again, retroactive to the 20th. So I don't know, of course, for sure if this was a recent development and discovery or if this had been going on for a while now and my theory from before was correct. But in any event, Zach Britton back to the injured list. And for now, we know not of how long. 
So that was the bad news for Zach Britton, as we said before, and they also said that surgery could be possible for him, which would probably sideline him for the rest of the year. And speaking of the other IL stint that I also hinted at in the introduction before as far as bad news, another guy who just can't seem to make his way back yet again, Miguel Andujar. And he was in the middle of his rehab assignment, and they ended it, and put him on the 60-day IL. So obviously, since he's put on the 60-day at this point at the end of August, that could very well mean that he's done for the year, as injuries just continue to annihilate his career. I've said it a million times, but I just, I feel bad for the guy. I really do. He's continued to try time and time again since injuries began to haunt his career after his rookie year and Gio Urshela came over to stay healthy and find another spot on this team. But not only has he been unable to find a spot because of poor defense, but also in a major way because of his health, his lack of ability to stay healthy. And this is another blemish for him. And I guess when it comes to next year or this winter before next year, We'll see what the Yankees choose to do with him. If they'll stick with him and try to find a place for him again, I can't imagine where he fits in on this team at this point, especially if the Yankees make further infield or even outfield moves in the offseason. But we'll see what they choose to do with him. But his future, especially with the Yankees right now, it's not looking bright whatsoever. And in making these official IL moves and bringing Clay Holmes back, they also recalled Jonathan Davis. And I guess Greg Allen just fell into an abyss because the guy's just nowhere to be found now. (laughs) I mean, at least Gio started his rehab assignment at the time, but anyway, it's not a big deal since Davis was only up for about two minutes anyway, but Monday's game. (laughs) First of two against the Braves in Atlanta. Both teams coming in with their nine-game winning streaks at the time, One was obviously going to have to end come the end of the night, and the other would become a 10-game winning streak. And fortunately for the Yankees, the Yankees would be the ones to see their streak prevail and reach 10 in a row. Montgomery started the game, and for his second start back from the COVID IL, he did labor through it again like his first one, mainly relying on contact for his outs, hard contact at that. But you know what? Like I always say, outs are outs, guys. And he still managed to go five innings, gave up just two hits, the one run, four walks, and two strikeouts. So not great throughout. He had to battle, especially with those four walks. But the results in the end, they were fine. And while in the game... He got a run's worth of run support on a solo shot by John Carlos Stanton, who drove in three of the five Yankee runs in this 5-1 victory. And after Dansby's homer right after Stanton's, it was tied at one until the sixth, and Montgomery had just finished by then. So he really didn't get much run support at all other than that one run by Stanton. So again, nothing really changes for Jordan Montgomery when it comes to getting little to no run support whatsoever. But he'll take it from Stanton, definitely. Top of the sixth, Yankees scored two more on a two-run double by none other than, again, John Carlos Stanton. So at this point, it was Stanton three, 
And the Braves won. Luizica <laughs> would pitch scoreless sixth and seventh innings, dominant as per usual, striking out four in those two innings. In the eighth, the Yanks added on two more on a two-run single by Gary. He found a hole in the shift. Five to one at that point. And then Peralta, who continues to earn outings in high leverage moments lately, pitched a scoreless ninth, and the Yanks won the first of two in Atlanta, mainly behind the red-hot John Carlos Stanton, as I mentioned before, 5-1. to one. And again, extending their winning streak to 10 games. And the next day, on Tuesday, after nearly sending all of us to the hospital yet again at the end of the game, the Yankees would extend their winning streak to 11 for the first time since 1985. Incredible. So they would sweep the Braves in this short two-game set in Atlanta while also winning their 10th straight series. And this game, it was freaking nuts. (laughs) Back and forth, horrible umpiring all throughout for both sides. Aroldis Chapman having yet another failed outing putting nearly all of us in our deathbeds for what feels like the 82nd time. It was just insane. (laughs) Andrew Heaney started the game, and he was okay, I guess. It could have been much worse. He only went four innings and allowed two runs in the bottom of the first that wouldn't have even been allowed had the home plate umpire just called strike three on Freddie Freeman prior, but whatever. Otherwise, he held the Braves down, and that's good enough for me. Four innings, three hits, those two runs in the first, one walk, and five strikeouts. So, it wasn't obviously a deep start for Heaney, only going the four innings, but he only allowed those two runs and otherwise held them down. And you know something? From him, I'll take that. So, the bullpen had to eat five innings. Fortunately, the offense was resilient again, though. After being down 2 to nothing, after Heaney allowed those two runs in the first inning, Stanton again hit a solo shot, followed by an RBI single by Gary Sanchez. So they tied it up at 2 by the time Heaney was done in the 4th. 5th inning, DJ LeMahieu with another home run, a 2-run shot. Yanks jumped out in front 4-2. to two. Bottom of the 5th, Albert Abreu. Only got one out before having to be taken out. He just really didn't have his stuff. And Boone was being really aggressive with the bullpen, which I really liked. Joely Rodriguez came in after and got them out of the inning after Freddie Freeman was thrown out at home on an Austin Riley single, which would have tied the game had Freeman scored. So good thing for the Yankees that Freeman was called out at home. Clay Holmes in the sixth. Just returning from the COVID IL the night prior, pitched a perfect inning, and I'll just say it again, you may remember I was indifferent about the move to pick him up from the Pirates when Hoy Park went over there. I wasn't really for the move or against the move, I was just sort of like, oh, we'll see how this plays out, but I'm not indifferent anymore, guys, (laughs) because the guy has just been great out of the bullpen so far for this team. But anyways, the Yankees would push one more across on a solo nuke by Rugnetto Dorr to make it 5-3, followed by Chad Green pitching scoreless 7th and 8th innings. And in that 8th inning, he was aided by bad base running on the Braves' part. 
And then the ninth inning, what I came to call the stroke-inducing inning. And that's really what I've come to call every single ninth inning where the Yankees make us nearly all drop dead from anxiety. Aroldis Chapman got Darno to ground out, allowed a single to Duvall, strikes Heredia out, so only one more out to get, walks Adrianza, the pinch-hitting nine-hitter on four pitches. Bullpen's favorite thing to do this year, walking the ninth hitter in huge moments at the end of the games. After that, Ozzie Albies hit an infield single on a ball that Odor just took too long to field at third. Then Chapman walked in a run against Jorge Soler, and at that point, you just have to take him out. You have to take him out. And Boone did, thankfully. If you can't throw a strike with your number one pitch on a 3-2 count, bases loaded, ninth inning, get out. Out you go. Out, out, out. Only so many chances you could give a guy. And some can even argue that that was even generous on Boone's part. And I know Albies didn't foul tip that ball. I know. But it's not like we don't have about 73 examples of Aroldis Chapman blowing games before this. Despite him having been a bit better recently. But I think Boone ended up managing that well. He gave Chapman a chance with the bases loaded, but when you walk in a run, you gotta get out. And he took him out after that. So I think he managed it well, and of course the Yankees would go on to win. But... Anyways, one other thing that that inning just further reinforced with how stupid it is was how reluctant this team has continued to be to just make Loisaga the closer already or just stop having Chapman be the only closing option. Either one would be okay with me, but that's another story that I've been wanting for weeks now, as many of you know. But I guess they just don't want to go down that route. So anyways, Wandy Peralta who again, as I said before, has been really good lately, had to come in against Freddie Freeman to get the last out with the bases loaded and two outs, only up by one run. And after a long, nerve-wracking (laughs) at-bat, he got him to fly out to Gallo in left. Yanks win 5-4, again, almost sending us all to the hospital yet again. And I'm just not sure how many more of these games we can all take, guys. I'm really not. (laughs) After the game, they optioned Jonathan Davis to AAA again so that our beloved third baseman, Gio Urshela, can finally be reactivated off the injured list. So Gio Urshela, after all this time he's been out dealing with his leg issues, it's so great to finally have him back. And it was also said that Corey Kluber, here's the Kluber update, after being out since the start after his no-hitter back in May, and everyone expecting him to be activated the first week of September, well, it was announced that he'd be reactivated and pitch tomorrow on Monday. So a couple of days before the first day of September. So that timeline was damn near spot on for his return. (laughs) And I'm really looking forward to seeing him pitch again. And I imagine the goal is to build him up throughout September and have him as fully ready for the playoffs as possible because he's been out for a long time, so I guess that goal is ideal. But with this move, Andrew Heaney now moves to the bullpen for long relief, which is exactly what I anticipated for if and when Kluber and or Seve were to finally come back, so... 
I honestly think that'll be a good role for him. I think he'll fare well out there. If he keeps on going certain outings where he goes like four innings, maybe five, and there have been a couple where he goes six, seven, but I think in some really important long relief roles out of the bullpen, I think Heaney can fare really well out there. And even though he's had a couple of good starts in his time with the Yankees, I honestly trust him more in that role than I do as a Yankee starter. And speaking of Seve, he was also cleared to resume his throwing program again on Thursday. So three great announcements going into Thursday's game against the A's after Wednesday's day off. Geo reactivated, Kluber reactivated and starting on Monday, and Severino again resuming his throwing program, and hopefully he sees it through to the end this time where he can return at some capacity. And more good news? The Yankees would extend their streak to 12 on Thursday night's game against James Caprellian and the Oakland A's making it their longest winning streak from when they won 13 consecutive games in 1961, 60 years ago, which of course they would end up tying the next day. How about that, huh? I mean, you just can't say enough about how freaking amazing that is. You're talking about the last 60 years of Yankee history. 60 years! (laughs) Unbelievable. But as of Thursday... In the second and third innings, they scored six runs. Stanton, a solo bomb. Gardner, a solo bomb. (laughs) And the third inning, Forza Rizzo hasn't really been the same since returning from COVID, but he came through here. RBI double. Joey Gallagool, as I've come to call him, three-run shot to the moon. Fourth career homer off Caprellian for him. Loves hitting off him. Six to nothing. And that Gallo home run, by the way, was also made even better after home plate umpire Todd Tishner struck him out on a terrible strike three call in his first at-bat prior in the midst of what was just already an awful night of umpiring in which Aaron Boone got himself ejected in in just the second inning after yet another iconic temper tantrum. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm certainly not Boone's biggest fan, although as I've said, he's done a great job lately. But I'm just speaking in general. I may not be his biggest fan, but the guy throws great temper tantrums. (laughs) Which an emotional person like myself, an emotional Italian, can highly appreciate. (laughs) Unfortunately though, after all that good stuff happened, Tyone who had had two perfect first couple of innings, couldn't hold a six-run lead in the third and fourth innings. And I'm not going to be hard on Tyone because for the last couple of months, of course, I mean, we've been over it countless times. The guy's been amazing. Terrific. So he was due for a bad one at some point. But not holding a six-run lead... A six-run lead. I mean, no one can deny that that's just crap. (laughs) It's crap. But whatever. The Yanks still won, of course, especially because the bullpen after him was locked down. So, Tyone's final line, though, three and two-thirds, five runs. Didn't allow all six, but almost certainly would have had he stayed in any longer. But couldn't make it out of the fourth, so five runs. Only four hits, 
It was mainly his three walks that did him in. Totally lost control of the strike zone. And he struck out four. As I said, though, the bullpen after him, phenomenal. Albert Abreu finished Tyone's fourth and then pitched the fifth. He was the one that allowed the sixth and tying run, but, I mean, listen, it's not good, but Tyone was the one that allowed the five runs, so. (laughs) After him, Clay Holmes, scoreless sixth again. Loisaga, scoreless seventh and eighth innings. Stellar, as usual, from the Yankees' best reliever this year. Top ninth, still tied at six, Tyler Wade, who, as we've said, has confusingly but welcomingly been a big part of this turnaround, continued to be so here. Finally playing to his strength more, that strength being speed. Rizzo walked, Wade pinch ran, stole second, Advanced to third on the throwing error by their catcher, Sean Murphy. And then Aaron Judge drove him in on an RBI single to make it 7-6. to six. After they did all that scoring in the earlier part of the game, were scoreless from the 5th to the 8th inning, and then the Yankees tack on one more in the 9th. Wild. <laughs> Bottom of the 9th, Chapman again who none of us trust as far as we can throw him, in a one-run game, I have to say, miraculously (laughs) pitched a scoreless ninth, earning his 24th save of the year, and, by the way, his 300th career save. So congratulations to Chapman on that. That's a big accomplishment. And again, the Yanks would win 7-6 in yet another game that I think is safe to say this team would probably lose in the first half. And Friday, take a wild guess as to what happened, as if I didn't already tell you just before, they would extend their winning streak to 13 freaking games. (laughs) Unreal, man. Just unreal. Garrett Cole started, and again, like an ace does when he's not at his best, he didn't have his ace stuff but he still had himself a damn fine start. Six shutout innings, six hits, two walks, and nine strikeouts, also bringing him to 200 strikeouts on the season in just 24 starts. So an awesome job by Garrett, and an awesome job by him reaching 200 strikeouts in that few of starts. That's very impressive. But like he said in the postgame after they asked him about it, and I really appreciate this answer, that's his job, to pitch like that. So good on him. That's why I like the guy so much, right there. And along with the fact that he's freaking awesome. And the offense gave him five runs to work with, all on home runs. In the fourth inning, John Carlos Stanton again. 472 feet later, a solo homer that's still orbiting the planet. Which planet? Well, it could be any. He's on one of those remarkable tears again, man, like I said. And it's just unbelievable how John Carlos Stanton could look as bad as he does when he's in his slumps and then do this. When he's virtually unstoppable and you couldn't dream of stopping him from hitting a home run to the moon in almost every single at-bat. And for it to look as effortless as it does, too, I mean, it's just insane. It's insane. But anyway, 
Solo shot for him, his 24th homer of the season, followed by a Luke Voigt solo shot, his 8th on the year, and it was good to see him return to the lineup after the days off in Atlanta, and then having the first game off in Oakland. And then in the 5th, Aaron Judge, again, 3-run shot to center, his 28th on the year to make it 5 to nothing. 7th inning, Joely Rodriguez gave up the only two runs the A's would score on the night, one earned because of a Gallo throwing error, but Chad Green would come in and pitch the next inning and two-thirds scoreless, and Litke finished it off with a scoreless ninth after the offense added on three more in the top half of the inning on a Higashioka two-run shot and a Judge RBI single, and the Yanks won 8-2. to Aaron Judge still on a tear, and like I said earlier, Stanton especially still on a tear, Voight on a tear, Gary doing a nice job, guys like Velasquez and Tyler freaking Wade contributing a lot. (laughs) Who would have thought, man? (laughs) The pitching is terrific. All of that adds up to those 13 straight wins, guys. And this overall incredible second half as well. And right now, honestly, this should be the last team that anyone wants to play right now. But yesterday, unfortunately... Had to happen eventually, guys. But the remarkable 13-game winning streak finally came to an end. So they ended up tying the 1961 Yankees winning streak of 13 straight. This was their first loss since the Field of Dreams game. That's crazy. (laughs) That that was like forever ago, it feels like. They were going to lose again eventually, my friends. I mean, (laughs) it's bound to happen. And yesterday, again, since I was traveling home the entire day, I actually missed the entire game. So, if there was going to be one game to miss, I guess I'm glad it was this one. (laughs) And Tampa Bay also won, what the hell else is new? They're playing the Orioles this weekend, so lost a game on them in the midst of losing this game, unfortunately. And despite winning 13 games in a row, by the way, I mean, the Yankees were never really able to gain much ground because Tampa just keeps winning too. It's ridiculous. Imagine going on a 13-game winning streak and you barely gain anything on the team ahead of you. That's just ridiculous. (laughs) Tampa's really a pest, man. They are a pest. Now five games ahead of the Yankees in first place coming into today. But anyway, Nestor started... And he wasn't awful, but he wasn't great. Five and a third, four hits, three runs, three walks, and four strikeouts. And don't get me wrong, the bats didn't help him out much at all either. And when I say not much at all, I mean literally nothing. (laughs) Even though people told me there was lots of solid contact just right to defenders, but sometimes that's the way it happens. Especially when you're kind of due for a loss like the Yankees were. (laughs) Let's be honest. But the Yankees only scored two in the ninth inning on a judge two-run shot down three to nothing. So that made it a bit of an interesting game at the end, down three to two. And he stayed red hot, but the Yanks would come up short ultimately, unable to score any more in that ninth and fall to the A's three to two, having their historic winning streak halted at a remarkable 13 games. But a new one can always start today, right? I mean, you never know. (laughs) But what a run. What 
a run. Seriously. And that's today's episode title because, you know what? There's actually a double meaning to it. What a run for my uncle, who I did my tribute for in the intro today, lived a long, beautiful life of 94, nearly 95 years if he saw his birthday in December. And what a run for the Yankees with their 13-game winning streak that only just ended yesterday. So, in my opinion, certainly an appropriate title all the way around. Now, let's wrap up by looking at what's ahead for this coming week. Got the game tonight, obviously, and this episode will be dropping after it ends, so... You guys already know the result of it by the time you're listening to this, but I don't, since it's only like 3 in the afternoon at the time I'm recording right now, so got the final game of the four-game set in Oakland tonight on ESPN, Montgomery against Blackburn, hopefully the Yanks can take yet another series, that would be awesome, but at worst, if they lose, they'll still split the series, which isn't the end of the world by any means, especially given the latest run the Yankees just went on. Not to mention they're also on the road in Oakland, where they haven't had the best of luck in recent years. But of course, I'd rather they win. (laughs) Also today, worth mentioning, Glaber Torres finally started his rehab assignment in Double A. So we should be expecting him back soon, probably by next weekend against the Orioles, which is awesome, especially given the fact of how he murders the Orioles. So a really good series for him to come back. And I'll just say this really quick for those who have been talking about this a lot on social media lately. Andrew Velasquez, his replacement at shortstop in the meantime, has been terrific. No doubt. Spoke about it a lot last week. But if you think the Yankees are going to play him over Glaber Torres when Glaber Torres is healthy, then I'm sorry, but you're going to need a hard smack back into reality. But anyway, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Tomorrow... Their West Coast swing continues as they head to Anaheim to face the Angels. Three games set Monday through Wednesday. Tomorrow's game starts at 9.38 Eastern as, again, Corey Kluber makes his long-awaited return for the first time since May. I personally am so glad he's back, even though I expect him to not be the Kluber that we had in May, but I am still thrilled to have him back. Kluber Gang Gang is reawakening at last. Don't think I forgot about that. (laughs) I may forget about a lot of things, but I will not forget about Kluber Gang Gang. (laughs) Tuesday's game will also be at 9.38 Eastern. Jameson Tyone, hoping to bounce back from his start in Oakland, will face off against Shohei Otani. And Wednesday will be at 7.07 Eastern, as Garrett Cole will take the hill again. Thursday's an off day, and then Friday starts a three-game set back at Yankee Stadium, like I mentioned just before, against the Orioles. Friday's game will be at 7.05 Eastern, and Saturday and Sunday's games will be at 1.05 Eastern. But as for now, guys... That is all for episode 110 of Yapping Yankees today. Another shortened episode, but again, like last week's, I hope you still enjoyed. Don't worry though, because again, the social media segment will return next week. 
In the meantime, please remember to follow me on all social medias, guys, so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me, the Yankees, and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments on Saturdays. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. Also, guys, subscribe to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel, leave a like down below, and also show some love to Yapping Yankees on the other three platforms it's available on. That's SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you got the time while you're at it, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you might have missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 110 today are available on YouTube and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today, my friends, and I will talk to you next Sunday, September 5th, when I come at you with episode 111 of Yapping Yankees. But until then, you good people, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and Yankees, let's start a new winning streak today, huh? What do you say? It'll also certainly help to encourage me to get my sleeping schedule back on track. And we all want that, don't we? (laughs) Uh, Enjoy your week, my friends, and take care. (laughs) 